Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. Yeah, have you ever ignored a warning? That's better. Uh, And then exactly what you were warned about happens to you? Have you ever had that happen? I mean, this is basically the plot of every single Jurassic Park movie. I don't think we should mess around with dinosaurs. You know what? I think we should mess around with dinosaurs. What could go wrong? Well, this has happened to me on a number of occasions. But on one particular instance, I was in college and I bought a car that did not have a stereo head unit in it. But I had a friend who said, hey, I've got an extra one. I'll give it to you. So I got it in my head that I wanted to wire this thing myself. Because what could go wrong, right? Uh, So I get it home and I I tell my dad about this plan. And my dad says, are you sure you want to be messing around with the wiring in your car? Are are you sure that's a good thing to do? And I'm like, no, I can figure this out. I got this, no problem. So I start in... I start wiring it up, I hook everything together, and lo and behold, it works. It's operating, it runs. I can turn the car on and off, it comes on and off, everything is great. Until the first time I had to drive at night. I left someplace, it had turned dark, I start driving down the roadway, I flip the switch to turn my headlights on. A couple minutes later, I'm like, what's that smell? couple more minutes down the road, I see a flame come out of the switch where my headlights were, an actual flame on my dashboard. My dashboard is now on fire. And so I'm driving the car. I'm trying to go, I'm trying to blow this thing out while trying to maintain the road. And I'm like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. So finally, I get this little flame extinguished. And I'm like, well, I better just drive home because I don't know what's going to happen if I stop now. I'm only a couple minutes from home. So I pull into home, turn off the car, go to turn off the headlights. The switch is melted into the on position. I can't turn my headlights off. So I have to get my dad. My dad comes out. We take a look at it and figure, the only thing we can do, we had to disconnect the battery in order to get the headlights off of the car. And the whole time, he's just looking at me like, yeah, this is exactly what I thought was going to (sighs) happen. But how about you? Have you ever received a warning about something or been told to be cautious and then not taken it seriously? I mean, think about this. Every time you go to a restaurant and a waitress comes out and says, this plate's really hot and puts it down, the first thing you do is grab it. Or how about wet floor? Do we ever pay attention to wet floor signs? No, we don't. Or the most useless word in the English language, fragile. Nobody pays attention to fragile. Every box marks fragile. It's all banged up. Or when someone tells you, don't look down, of course, the first thing you do is look down. Or one from college for me that's still a little traumatic, don't drink the milk in the fridge. That's a warning you want to pay attention to. Or sometimes someone gives you a relationship warning. I know she's really attractive, but she'll mess with you. I know he's a gorgeous guy, but he's a player, look out, and we don't listen. Well, we're in week two of our series called Me and My Big Mouth. And it's a series about how we communicate with each other. 
Our words are so powerful. And last week, Pastor Doug gave us great wisdom from James. And we were told that we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And we're going to, again, go back and get some more wisdom from James. This time, though, he's going to give us a warning about the dangers of our mouths. Because let's face it, we are careless with our words. We have a real tendency to be careless with our words. And when I say words, I mean the actual words coming out of our mouths, the typed words, the posted words, anywhere where we are using language to communicate. It's a broader thing than just literally what comes out of our mouths. And if we don't respect the raw power and the danger of our words, it can lead us into all kinds of problems. Now, sometimes those problems are funny or kind of cringy. Like a number of months ago, uh, I was over hosting at Maytown, and instead of concluding the service by saying, we'll see you next week, I said, amen. Have you ever done that? Have you ever like hung up a phone call and said amen instead? It's not, it's not a good situation. Or have you ever incorrectly assumed somebody was pregnant? That's a rough one. It's funny. My wife is seven months pregnant and very obviously pregnant. And it's funny to still see people try to tiptoe around that question because nobody wants to get that one wrong. Or, guys, if you've ever been asked, how do I look in this and responded carelessly, we need to remember Admiral Akbar. Okay, it's a trap. Don't get caught in this one. But many times our careless words are actually much, much more serious. Talk about someone behind their back and they find out about it. Or we zing someone right in the right spot only to see the damage it causes. Every single word or thought that comes into our heads and pops into our mouths gets put out on social media and it's causing real harm to real relationships in the real world? How many of you have had a relationship damaged or strained because of social media posts? You don't have to raise your hands, but it's probably more than zero. Not to mention all the times where it's not even careless words, but we say exactly what we want to say. And we know exactly how it's going to hit the other person. And we do it anyway. And in the moment, we mean it. We are just walking around, just hurting people and breaking relationships. There's a great, great quote from You've Got Mail. It says, when you finally have the pleasure of saying the thing you mean to say, at the moment you mean to say it, remorse inevitably follows. Is it possible... Is it possible that one of the main reasons we are running around hurting people and creating relational chaos is because we aren't taking the power we have in our words seriously? Do we underestimate the danger they pose? See, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, we've all had occasions where our careless words or our angry speech has gotten us into big trouble. And as followers of Jesus, we have access to godly wisdom that we need to be paying attention to. And even if you aren't yet a follower of Jesus, 
You want to pay attention to this because these things, if you put them into practice, can help you too. So we're going back to the book of James. And as Doug mentioned last week, James was the brother of Jesus. He was one of the heads of the early church. Other leaders in the early church came to James for guidance. So when James speaks, we need to listen to what he's got to say. So we're going to be in James chapter 3 this morning. And we're going to start in verse 2. And we're going to break this down kind of as we go along here. So it starts out like this. We all stumble in many ways. Now basically what this is saying is all of us have done this. All of us are guilty. So whatever follows next is for every single one of us. So he continues. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Able to keep their whole body in check. Now, he's given us a jump on this. This is kind of the whole point of the message. This is the whole point of the passage here. The tongue controls the whole body. In fact, it controls our entire lives. You control your tongue and you keep yourself out of trouble. James is asking us to understand how important this is how big of a deal our words are, what is at stake. You get this right. You get it right with your words and so many of the problems that we experience on a regular basis go away as a result. It says here, we can be perfect and control our whole body if we're never at fault with what we say. That's a big deal. All right, James, So how does this work exactly? Well, he's going to give us some examples of how this concept works. Starts out like this. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Now, how many of you have ever ridden a horse? Yeah, quite a few, actually. I've never ridden a horse. So I have to take this for granted that this is true. I've seen it. I've seen people guide horses. So I'm assuming this is true. You put a bit in a horse and you can control it. Control the mouth. You control the whole animal. Or how about this second example? Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Big ships loaded down with all the things that our stores are waiting for. And we can, I got a picture of the biggest one here, actually. We'll put that up now. This is actually the biggest container ship in the world. It's called the Ever Ace. It is 1,312 feet long. It can hold 24,000 20-foot containers. It's huge. But ships like this still get steered with a relatively small rudder. Small objects have great power to determine direction and destination. I saw an example of how not doing this well and where that can get. Uh, On my honeymoon, I was in Mexico, and along the beach there, they had opportunities for you to rent things. And one of the things were these little small, like, catamaran sailboat things that you could rent. And you could take it out with a guide who would do it for you, and you could just enjoy the trip, or you could take it out yourself. 
And as the week went on, I watched numerous people take these things out by themselves, thinking they knew how to, how to steer and how to sail, and they'd get three quarters of the way out, have no idea what they were doing, and get stuck out in the ocean. And then you watch them all waving, trying to get someone's attention until a jet ski can come and tow them in. If you don't know where you're going, it can be really, really bad. Small objects have great power and outsized influence. That's the point of these examples. Small objects can have outsized impact and influence. All right, so let's continue with our passage here. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Translation, your mouth is writing checks your body can't cash. Now, the tongue is an example of one of these objects, these small objects. It's a small object, but it has a potential to create big problems. Parents of small children, you can relate to this. Small objects, big problems. Do we have this concept down? Small objects, big problems. Okay, now that we do, James is gonna move us on to just how destructive our tongues can actually be. So the second part of verse five here says this. Consider what great forest is set on fire by a small spark. This is another one of those small thing, big effects. And this one is centered around damage and destruction. This small object, this little spark can create widespread damage, much, much bigger than its original size. I don't know if you heard this story a while ago, but there was a gender reveal party that went wrong. They set off a smoke bomb and it ended up creating a huge wildfire out in California. 22,000 acres destroyed. This is a picture from, from some of it. I think as a society, we all need to just calm down a little bit on the gender reveals. Just, let's just take a moratorium on, on some of the more outlandish ones. I think we can all agree that might be a good idea. but it has a big impact. And now, now is when it gets serious. Now is when James ups the ante and he's really getting into the warnings for us here in verse six. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among body parts. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire. And it is itself set on fire by hell. James is not messing around. James wants to make it very, very, very clear the danger that our tongues represent. I had a similar example. When I took driver's ed in high school, our driver's ed instructor wanted to make it very, very clear to us how dangerous driving can be. So I don't know where he got a hold of this thing, and there's no way he'd be able to show it now, but he had a film from the 1960s where they actually went and filmed actual car accidents with all the carnage, the people, everything. It was a disturbing film, and he showed it to us in driver's ed class. Like, you will not forget something like that. And he wanted to make it very, very clear to us how dangerous driving can be. And James is trying to do the same thing here. Our tongues are not to be messed around with or handled carelessly. This is a severe warning. This is not just a labeled handle with care 
This is not a fragile label. This is extreme danger. This is about to walk into a minefield danger. This is about to handle radioactive material danger because it can corrupt every single part of us. And it's capable of wrecking our entire lives and the lives of those around us. Now, when I think about this tongue and this fire concept, immediately my mind goes to the concept of a flamethrower. We have flamethrowers that we're walking around with all the time. Now, I would love to have been able to bring a flamethrower with me, but for obvious reasons, that, that can't happen. However, I do have a lighter and I do have a can of hairspray. So we're going to do a demonstration here in a moment, all right? Uh, but we're all dangerous. We're dangerous, and we set fires all the time. Someone's critical comment about someone's appearance, critical judgment about someone's parenting. I had a little league coach that was so bad at this and just criticized us for absolutely everything that I quit baseball. Isn't it true, though, that we had a real penchant, really, for scorching the ones we love, the people closest to us? Come home from work, we snap at our kids because something's out on the floor, shoot fire in their direction. Or you say something snarky to your spouse, set more fires. Pretty soon before you know it, everyone is mad and there's tension. And there's just fires all over the place. Think about this meme. We're just sitting there. Fires all around us in our relationships. We're like, this is fine. This is good. We're there. Our tongues do this. James says, because your tongue is set on fire by hell from the source of all evil. So now, our demonstration. Okay, hopefully this goes well. I know, right? Ah, no, we're not actually going to do it. Sorry, no, we're not going to do it. I can't do it. It's too dangerous. Okay. <laughs> How many of you were a little bit nervous I was actually going to do that? <laughs> Yeah, a little bit uneasy. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I had, to, I had to do it. But why? Why were you so nervous? Why were you so dangerous? Why? Because you could see the danger, right? You could feel the potential of what could go wrong. And it makes you uneasy. Yeah. Here's the question. Why don't we feel that same unease, that same sense of danger, about the potential of the words we're about to say. Why don't we feel that? See, contrast our caution around fire with our own caution with our words. If you were here November 7th when we did our, our fireworks display for harvest celebration, you would see we had a giant roped off area, a no-go zone to prevent us from getting anywhere near the fireworks. We're telling people, don't play with matches. Don't play with lighters. Maybe you've had fire safety training at work. Now, if it's the good fire safety training, it's not one of those cheesy videos, but they actually bring like the fire department. They light something on fire and you get to like practice using fire extinguishers. Those are kind of fun. But we do all this tra 
training about the safety around fire. But anything that pops into our heads comes right out of our mouths without a second thought. What if? What if we treated the potential of our words with the same level of caution that we treat fire? What if we did that? We'll come back to that question. Because James is not done telling us how dangerous our tongue is. Verse 7 and 8. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. James is saying here, you know, we can go so far as we can subjugate animals. But nobody... Nobody can tame our tongues. Our tongues must always be guarded. If you've ever seen one of those TV shows or movies where there's a, someone in the hospital that they're guarding and they always sit like the one flunky security guard out there with like a magazine they're reading, and you're always like, no, there needs to be more security. Something bad is going to happen. It's the same way with our tongues. There's no once and for all solution to this. We have to constantly be on guard. He says it's a restless evil, full of poison. And the image that that brings up to me is a poisonous snake. Now, no, I did not bring a poisonous snake, so we're okay on that front. But that danger is always there. It's always ready to strike. Maybe you heard a while ago about that tiger in the circus had worked with his trainer for years and years and years, and then in one moment just attacked. Our tongues are the same way. We feel like we've got a handle on it, and then we're tired, and we start saying things we don't mean. Or someone hurts us, and we just have to lash out at them. Or angry. Man, when we get angry, there's something about anger that just leaps over all the filters we have around our language, and stuff starts flying out of us that nobody has heard in a long time. That's not just emotions. Sometimes alcohol will do this. Drugs can do this. And we do this, we continue to hurt people around us. Our relationships can only take so much. There's only so much damage they can sustain. And we can go back and we can say we're sorry. But that doesn't take away the damage we've done or the time we need to heal. And the people around us just become more vulnerable to this, the more often we do it to them. And if we're not careful, it costs us marriages, jobs, friendships, relationships with our kids. And we don't want that. James goes on to then illustrate just how ridiculous and mercurial our tongues can be. Verse 9 through 12. With the tongues we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who were made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can fig trees bear olives? Can grapevines bear figs? Neither can a salt produce fresh water. Praise and curse out of the same mouth. See, we can sing songs to God this morning, 
But that doesn't mean we're not going to go saying all kinds of things about the drivers on the way home from church, as my wife pointed out to me that I needed to, need to watch that a little bit. Most things are not capable of this level of contradiction, but our tongues are. And this is how James stops the passage. This is where he ends this topic, this conversation. It's a warning. It's just a warning. There's no five steps to fix it in this moment. Of course, we're not going to leave you hanging. we got two more weeks in this series, so make sure you come back out for those. But this is James's point. He just wants to make us all very, very aware of the power of our words. So the question is, at this warning, will you listen? I want to revisit that question I asked earlier. What if we treated the potential of our words with as much caution as we treat fire or we treat poisonous snakes? How would our behavior change? How different would our conversations be? When might we hold our tongue a little bit more? How, might, how often might we take a few extra moments to think through what we're going to say before we hit send? How many fewer social media posts would there be? Maybe, just maybe, we might be a little bit more quick to listen, a little slower to speak, a little slower to become angry. So now, if you want to respond to this on your connection card, here's what it says. Here's what I want you to think through. In what situations in your life do you need to display more caution and have more respect for the danger of your words? Maybe it's when you're posting on social media. Maybe it's around your own family. Maybe your text and email habits need to be checked a little bit. Maybe for you it's anger or when you're tired. Or maybe for you you need to watch your tone. Your tone of voice is the real problem. Or maybe it's saying too much. Or for you, maybe you know it's gossip. You really have a hard time around that one. What situations in your life do you need to display more caution? Fill it out on your connection card. And I want you to be thinking through that this week. As you evaluate what you say, where do I need to have more respect and more caution for the words that I'm saying? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today and thank you for the gift and the power of our speech in our words. But God, you've given us a warning. This is not a power to be used lightly. And every single one of us can come to you with these moments, these times in which we have messed this up. We've hurt the people around us. We've said things carelessly. We've said things intentionally. We've said things in anger consequences have followed. 
God, forgive us for all the times that we have been careless with our words, that we haven't respected their power, and we haven't listened to your advice. God, hopefully this week we can confess those and that we will pay attention to what we say, that we'll treat it with more caution, that we'll treat it with the respect it deserves. Help us to be better at being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Maybe this week for us, it's just about listening to the things we say and how we say it. Help us, God. Show us the areas of our lives where we've been cautious, or we have not been cautious, and we need to be more cautious. And help us to be able to have the courage to deal with them this week. In your name, amen. Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's crbic.org.